You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings. Welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight, I'm joined by uh, Jennifer and Chris. How are y'all doing? Good. Uh, so uh, since the last time we talked, um, <laughs> interesting stuff has happened. What's uh, going on with you guys? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jen and I both live in Central Texas, and we were literally iced in, iced slash snowed in for about a week and a half. Honestly, yeah. um, we had the we set the new record for the longest continuous time of uh, being uh, below freezing like for like wow. days. Um, and after that happened, after things looked like they were getting a little bit better during that time process, uh, you've probably seen and heard, uh, the entire state of Texas had a, uh, disaster happen with the electrical grid. So a lot of people were without power. Luckily I was not one of them. Uh, I think Jen had her power the whole time as well. Um, but then after that, we started having issues with the water system and uh we're currently still under a boil notice so it's um it has been an absolute disaster at least we have water and water pressure now yes <laughs> things are almost back to normal in fact i'm starting to see people posting that some of the things that were hardest to get a hold of were like bread milk and eggs and i'm finally seeing posts that those things are finally starting to show back up i went to the grocery store tonight for the first time in like a month and mm-hmm. they had eggs and milk and i didn't look at the regular bread aisle but the bakery was out of bread so okay, it's, well, it's getting better. And there weren't yes. there were only like four people per line, not like all the way to the back of the store. <laughs> yes. It yeah, it has been it has been an absolute nightmare. So um well th- that being said, let's let's go ahead and start talking about our book though. I mean, just just <laughs> so, so you know what kind of a situation we've been in. Uh, yeah, normally we're asking the Canadians, you know, hey, you know, how's it up there? Oh, well, it's cold, we're snowed in, it's iced in, but we're fine. We're like we weren't fine. It was not a good deal no, here. I have been under a boil water advisory too, though. When I was uh, in 2000, we had a um, E. coli uh, outbreak in mm. the town that I grew up in, and actually Ray mm. got sick, and we had to boil our water for mm, a few months. Wow. So yeah, that's rough. So, but that was during the summertime, so I couldn't imagine having to do that while you're iced in and it's frigid and you have no heat. And yeah. yes, it was. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. So, uh, but we met, we we survived. We managed to get through it. So, um, well, this month's book, uh, we we decided we normally for February we read a book that's um, romantic in nature, or or actually more so the not really a romantic book. I think we've done one romantic book. It's more so about yeah about relationships. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we, we go the geeky route on this. So uh, this this year we decided uh, we would do a uh, classic, really, in the relationship book area, and that is um, The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. Um, the book was published in 1992, so mm-hmm. it's definitely been around the block for a while. Um, I remember hearing people talking about it when it first came out, uh, you know, being in high school and stuff. People were just like... You know, I saw, you know, everyone was, you know, discussing it and this, that, and the other on like talk shows and everything. So, um, so just really quickly here, we're probably, because of the way this book is written, we're probably going to mainly focus on, uh, which of the love languages we fall under 
and we'll kind of discuss it that way. But before we do that, let's kind of just kind of go around like we normally do. And uh, so what were your initial thoughts of the book, Chris? Oh, she needs a second. Jen, what were your initial thoughts of the book? Um, so I liked it. I read it three or four years ago. My therapist suggested it, and um, I, I thought it was very helpful. Mm-hmm. I am not in a relationship, so a lot of that stuff was kind of annoying to hear about, you know, all the couples and their bullshit issues or whatever. But, um, but I can appreciate uh, how, you know, it will help me get be in a healthy relationship as well as how it um, helps me relate to my friends and family because it does, you know, help me understand, oh, this person doesn't, you know, think the same way as me. We don't speak the same love language. So maybe I need to adjust for that and vice versa. Um, but I, I, to me, that kind of this kind of thing makes sense to me. Like, yes, the way he broke it down. I, once I read about this, I was like, oh, my God, that is so me. I am, you know, these are my love languages. And now I understand why I get so upset when people don't meet those needs. So, yeah, I'm a fan. So his voice is very, um, very. Dr. Phil. Yeah, Dr. Phil. He sounds yeah. like, yeah, he's very <laughs> long, drawn out voice. Yes. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good old boy, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, um, Chris, what were your thoughts? Um, I, uh, so I listened to the, the, like the introduction to it. Mm-hmm. Didn't need to listen to that. That had nothing. Um, so I wasted like 10 minutes. Um, I, I really liked it. I, um, I've heard about it forever. It's like as old as men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind of thing. And, um, you know, I was interested to see what it had to offer, what my love language was, what Ray was, um, what Ray's are. And, you know, we've been together for a really long time. So, do we know each other as well as we think we do? We've, you know, we've grown up together. Things change. Are we going to learn something about ourselves? And we did. It was, I was surprised. Mine was acts of service and really surprised by that. And I was surprised by Ray's and he was surprised by it too. And then we got the kids to do it, which was really interesting with them. And we did the, they have, um, so for married couples, singles, teens, and kids mm-hmm. and having them take the test and finding out what theirs is was really interesting because, um, you know, they're teenagers and, you know, they're changing and their worlds are changing and they're growing up and it's, you know, interesting to see what, how they feel love and how they want to be, to be loved. And it's, I thought it was fascinating. Some of his um, examples, you know, could do without, but <laughs> the essence of it was very, very true and very, it, it was, yeah. There's a reason why it's been around for so long. Yes. What is it he says about um, filling your love tank or something? Oh, for like a whole week. It's very hokey. Ray would ask me if my tank was full, and I'm like, yeah, I just filled up. I'm not like, <laughs> and he started giggling like Eugene's giggling. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, no, your love tank. I'm like, you have to say love tank, hon. You can't just say tank. I'm gonna assume you're talking about the gas. <laughs> yes, it's full too. Thank you for asking. How's yours? Um, I def 100% on agree with everything I'll just said. Uh, to to Jen's point, um, it it made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'm glad, Chris, you brought up the uh, Men Are From Mars, uh, Women Are From Venus. I've read that book as well. I think that is a good book. The problem, the biggest problem I have with that book is they just, he's got this idea that, you know, and he, every single example he gives just keeps beating that idea into the ground. It's like, yes, I get it. We're different. Mm-hmm. And he does admit there are situations where, in that book, he does admit there are situations in the book where, um, you know, well, a woman may be more like a man in this sense or a woman, you know, and vice versa. And it's like, okay, well, you know, whatever, being the time that was written. Actually, being written in 1992, um, he does flip-flop. One of the things I did enjoy about the book is he does flip-flop, and he does say, you know, she does this, and so he needs to do this, and, and or he does this. It's not always one side or the other. So yeah. I was glad to see that at least, especially being in 1992, you know, that forward thinking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about the love, the love tank here in just a second. Um, actually just thinking when you just talking to you two, I actually think about this. I'm like, you know, if I were going to be talking to like a newly married couple or someone dating or whatever, I would be like, okay, uh, so your, your one-on-one class, your beginning class is mm-hmm. men are from Mars, women are from Venus, because it, it introduces the idea that men and women talk act and relate to each other differently so that kind of already get now let's break it down to it's not just men and women it's everybody and they fall into these different five different categories and here's where it is so this is this is more definitely a more advanced idea and you definitely can like latch on to it more uh being the first book he just hints at the idea of whoa well, well this, could this apply to kids could this apply to to teenagers and obviously they've gone on to do it i'm really kind of surprised there's not a version of it I think love's a little too far a word to say maybe appreciation would be the way to go, but I'm really surprised there's not a work or business version of this because um, to be honest with you, and and Ray and I were talking about this the other night, the thing that I scored the lowest on was um, uh, uh, the the verbal praise, and uh, that's not just in my personal life. That's definitely in my work life as well, and (laughs) I think if people realize that – you know, just telling me, hey, good job doesn't really hit. But like yeah. literally, like if you bought me a Coke, that goes a long way with me. And it's funny that that's that's the way that I am. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. So. um, So, yeah, I had down in my notes about it being, you know, when it was written and everything. And then, of course, the other note that I had beside the actual uh, the actual grouping is uh, the love tank idea. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like you. I think it's. A little, I, I guess it could be a little hokey just to constantly, you know, ask that specific question. Well, how's your love tank doing? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do find, I, you know, Christy and I will, especially over this last year, you know, just try to sit down and how are you? Yeah. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. And that's hey our way of. How's your love tank? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> your love tank, baby. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, it's our way of checking in and just being like, you know, hey, how are you doing? What is what's going on? What is what's bothering you? What's what? What do I what do you need from me? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I appreciate it. Well, trying to do that. So (laughs) because I'm not a mature adult and a lot of other things. All right. So um, do we just want to I, I figured why don't we just kind of take each one and kind of talk about where we fall spectrum wise on that. Okay. Do we want to explain what they are real quick? Okay. Yeah. So the five love languages that he lists are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, 
acts of service and physical touch. Um, and I've actually got the original. So you can go to the website. If you just look up five love languages, you can go to the website and there are four different tests you can take for couples, singles, uh, kids and teenagers. Um, and, and, and like I even, you know, mentioned uh, this week when we were, you know, getting ready to record the show, I'm like, Hey, if you haven't read the book yet, at least go take the test because it would be, it would at least give you something to talk about. So, um, but yeah, once you take the test, it will ask you, you know, Hey, do you want to put in your email address and they'll send you an email and it kind of explains everything. So, um, what's the first one they have listed here? Uh, so we'll start with uh, words of affirmation. Um, cause I think that was the first one in the book. Um, and basically I'm not going to read all this, but basically what it boils down to is, is you, well, you know, what? I guess before we get into that, we should discuss what all this kind of means. So, when he says a love language, he's talking about how you feel love, like how you feel appreciated from um, – let's not just say your partner or or you know someone you're dating. Let, let's broaden this to even your friends and family. How do you feel appreciated? And he broke it down into five different, five different categories, um, and he talks about this is something that came about over years and years of, of doing uh, marriage counseling. And um, like Jen said, it makes sense the way it's broken down. But uh, what it boils down to is if, if you are not speaking the right language to uh, to that person, they they may or may not get what you're, you know, genuinely trying to show affection for. So in the book, he describes how these married couples would come to him and they're at the end of the rope and they're like, I'm, I'm done. I he he doesn't he doesn't appreciate me. He doesn't love me. And he's like, I'm, same thing. She doesn't care about me, whatever. And then we start getting into these conversations. What do you mean I don't care about you? I take the trash out every single week. I make sure your car is fixed. I take care of all this stuff around the house, blah, blah, blah. And because that's his way of expressing love is through acts of, you know, uh, of uh, uh, acts of service. Mm-hmm. And hers may be, I don't need all that. I need you to sit on the couch and watch TV with me. I just need to be with i just need you to be with me and so they go about oh it's now that i understand so great and anyway um so that's what we talk about when we talk about the love languages so the first one is um words words of affirmation uh so chris where do you where is this on your list uh it's pretty high up so um it's tied with um quality time at 20 i think it was 23 percent okay so it's it's up there i mean i don't I'm not like living for it. Um, but you know, who doesn't love to hear sweet things said to you? And I, I enjoy, I think this is part of my, the writer in me. I enjoy, Eugene. <laughs> I enjoy, he raised, pardon? He raised his hand when you I'm, said that for listeners. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I enjoy saying wonderful things to people. Like if I'm feeling strongly about somebody in a positive way, I love telling them that. I love saying that to them. It's not like the most important thing, but, you know, trap a little. You look beautiful. I love you. You did it. I'm proud of you. Whatever, whatever it is. It's nice to hear, you know. So for me, it's... um. From Ray, I, I like hearing that, you know, he appreciates the things that I do. Um, and I like to hear that from him. And from the kids, it for them, um, I like telling them how much I appreciate them and how proud I am of them and how much I love them. And, you know, I try to put on, I try to, to not love bomb them, but just, you know, 
positive words have positive energy, right? Like I wouldn't want to, you know, when you grow up in a yelly household, words words can really, really hurt. So I always want to have the the opposite effect. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can be very gushy, but I like to hear the gush. Like I have every letter that Ray and I ever wrote to each other. I have all the love letters saved in a box Aww, when we were dating. You. Yeah. When we were dating. I have them all in a box downstairs and any, every card that he's ever given me, same with the kids. I have, I have all of them. Yeah. That's because awesome. those words mean something to me. What about you, Jen? Um, I don't have the percentages from my quiz cause I took it so long ago, but I think that was like fourth <laughs> on the list for me. Um, it's not one of my top love languages. I appreciate hearing nice things. I'm flattered, but I think, you know, for me, the uh, some of the other ones have more of an effect on me, especially if I'm dating. Um, this is something I go around and around with when I'm, you know, complaining about dating to people is men seem to think telling you you're pretty or you're beautiful or whatever is a sure way to your heart. And no, that, that doesn't do it for me. That That's just a, you know, a quick way for them to try to that they think that that's going to work on all women. But to me, it's just like superficial. Like if all you see is my pretty face, then I don't want to talk to you. So it's again about knowing who you're, you know, going after and what will appeal to them, I guess, which you can't know, you know, when you first meet someone, but right um, for relationships, you know, that's, that's just not my jam. And, and at work and, you know, other situations too, like I don't, I don't seek that out, but if I get it, it's nice. So, mm-hmm. right. I was just about to ask because you brought up – you said works, I think, kind of neutralized. So I was going to say – so if they were to say something more like um, complimenting you on how smart you are or witty or something, does that hit better or is it like that's better but still that's not my yes. jam? No, okay. yeah. That, that's a better compliment for me, something that has to do more with something I can control than just like I was born right. in this face or whatever. You know, like plus I have more to offer than just that. But – I think, too, it matters who gives the compliment or who says the, the nice things, right? Because, like, if my boss, who hardly ever gives feedback, tells me, good job with that or thank you for your help, you know, it does mean a lot more to me than just, mm-hmm. you know, anybody saying it, I guess. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're, yeah, they're definitely people that, you know, just constantly are giving, and you're just like, it. this means nothing. Yeah. Like, you... You would compliment the wall if you thought it would get you what you wanted. So, um, Well, mine isn't a percentage-based. I'm looking at the email when I originally took this test. I still have the, the email that they sent me, like I said. And it's done by like points as to like how many of my questions fell into that thing. And my top one is 9, my second one is 8, my third one is 7, my fourth one is 6, and my last one is a one. So there's a huge gap between the other four and this one. And that one is words of affirmation. (laughs) Um, Like you said, it also depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my boys specifically coming to tell me, I love you, daddy means a lot more than, you know, good job today or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But that being said, like, you know, it just, and I think, I don't know, and he, he does mention this in the book. He's like, I don't, you know, there's no study or any information that shows that this changes over time. But I think, I think it does partially change over time in that I'm sure this probably used to hit me differently. Um, you know, being told by a boss that, you know, good job or whatever. But I, I, I just, I, I get so many hollow 
compliments or words of praise from uh, different people at, you know, at, from the group that I work with. And it's just like, this doesn't mean anything like, so it, I think it, I think it has artificially lowered it on my list. You know, I still appreciate, you know, when, you know, Christy says I love you and stuff, but uh, I'd rather have a hug and, or, you know, or, or one of my other languages. So I'm never telling you, thank you again, Eugene. Never. <laughs> I'm not telling you that either. <laughs> Please tell me. We'll tell you. <laughs> Thank we you, love Chris. You're Chris. amazing. Thank yes. you. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, okay, so. Uh, I would say on this one. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Grace words of affirmation weren't as high as I thought they were going to be. They were actually, I think, it's fourth. Or Fourth, yeah, fourth. He one. told me it was it was definitely near the bottom for him. It was definitely near the bottom, and for somebody who's so romantic, and and ju- he's it's stupid for a man who knows how to say the right thing at the right time. That words of affirmation are not higher up just totally baffled me. Like I thought they'd be right up there. I do not know my husband apparently. <laughs> okay, well let's talk about that real quick because he also talks about that too. The love language that you appreciate does not mean that is also the love language that you speak to others. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, um, I, I can tell you right now, my number one on my list, uh, let me double check that, was physical touch. Mm-hmm. Um, the language that I speak to Christy, though, and I don't know if it's because I've just picked up on this and that's kind of how she falls, but uh, to me, showing my love is um, acts of service. Like... Mm-hmm taking trying to take care of stuff for people it's you know so they don't have to worry about it or that it's done and everything else that's that's how i probably most heavenly heavily show love um because uh, uh receiving gifts is oddly enough number two on my list and i don't feel like i give a lot of gifts and i, I it, it's weird when i took this thing i was just like really this is, this is <laughs> i felt bad i felt i felt like am I really that vain? And I'm like, no, but it's not that I'm asking for a large gift or anything. Like, like I said, like literally if you bought a Coke for me, it's just like, wow, that mm-hmm. really, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I agree because I've been told that I, my love language, one of my top love languages of giving is giving gifts, but mm-hmm. to me, like to receive, that's like third on my list. So I guess, in my in my way, that's just a logical way that I feel like, well, I can show someone I love them by getting them a personalized gift that I know they'll like versus, you know, whatever. I can attest to that, Jen, because um, it, it seems like any time we get together or even if even if it's not even necessarily an official game night or something, you almost always bring something baked or something. And we do appreciate it. Uh, and I'm selfish for me, but you're welcome. You know what? It doesn't matter. Like it, I think it's the way that you tell everyone, Hey, I like you. I I spent the time to, even if it, even if it was pre-made stuff and you just threw it in the oven, you still took the time to do it for someone. But Mm -hmm. I think, well, I'm kind of getting ahead of us here, but I think gifts and, and acts of service kind of go hand in hand. And those are kind of tied for second place for me. So Mm -hmm. I think, in that way, you know, that because if you're giving someone a gift, you either made it, you took the time to go get it for them or you thought about, you know, something that they needed. So I don't know. I always kind of group those two together. But, yeah. So where where are gifts for you, Chris? 
7%. Bottom, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Um, so for me growing up, gifts always had attachments to them. There was always strings attached to the gifts. It was oh. always, I'm going to give you this, but you owe me. So I have a harder time receiving gifts. It's like, okay, but why are you giving this? <laughs> jaded and, and I'm in therapy. So, um, but with, so I don't like, like, give it, it's, it's nice. I think it's nice when they're spontaneous, you know, mm. and it depends on who they're coming from. Um, I know if they're coming from certain people, it's like, okay, now this is part of the goal sheet and I got to keep tally here because this is, this isn't because you wanted to give this to me. It's because you're going to ask for something later. Um, but if it's coming like from Ray or from the kids or from even our neighbors, like our neighbor, she's a feeder. So she makes big batches of stuff. And all of a sudden randomly, like I'll get a knock on the door and then she'll nicky nicky nine door me. And there's like soup or there's like, so those gifts I like receiving. And like when Ray comes home with, you know, food I like or flowers, um, he I like that but then I found out that gifts is one of his big things it's number two I think on his list mm -hmm. I just thought he liked spoiling me and he does but he also likes receiving gifts too so we had a conversation of like okay do you want me to get you flowers every once in a while he's like no I don't like flowers I'm like okay so what's your version of flowers yeah. what would be your flower and he said honestly art Power paper tool. oh sorry no what did you say Jen Power tools. <laughs> oh, he was looking at leather working tools today. So, yeah, you're not far off. <laughs> you said art paper, though? Yeah, art paper. That yeah. would be his equivalent of flowers. And then I asked the kids, too. I'm like, do you want flowers? They're like, no. Like, what would be your equivalent? Both of them equally chocolate. Good they choice. <laughs> but, you know, just those little things. Because, because it's so low on my list, I don't even think about it. I'm not thinking about gifts at all but it's very high up for Ray so I do want to make an effort mm -hmm. to to do that for him more often is to you know surprise him with those little things and make him feel you know cherished and spoiled too because he does that for me yeah but gifts right. are very tricky with me <laughs> very I think it's easy to uh equate gifts with being superficial, right? Because it can be like, oh, you're trying to buy my affection, like you said, yeah. or there's strings attached. Mm -hmm. So it's if it's from someone that you know is heartfelt and is thoughtful, then, mm -hmm. you know, that means a lot more than Stop. just, yeah, I got you a gift. So you've got to, you know, like me or be my friend. Like, um, but what you said about, you know, learning his love language and speaking it, that was a big theme throughout the book. Like, you, how do you even know to do that for people if you've never done it? You have to kind of learn a new language, literally, and think of ways to do whatever thing that you've never cared about for yourself, yes. which is an interesting. Yeah. Concept. That's that's why I like the book so much, because it makes you think, oh, that person really cares about this, even though I think it's silly. I guess I can do that for them. Yeah. yeah. But how much do I care to do it? How much do I want to? to do this and I again we've been together for so long that it's this this has been a nice little refresher a nice little um you know we've never been to marriage counseling or anything like that but this was a nice point in our marriage where it was like okay we've been together for a long time are we do this things that mattered when we were younger matter now do we because we're good together but what else is there that we don't know about each other and this was like very eye-opening in a wonderful wonderful way and so, yeah, I'm going to make more of an effort to 
get him those little gifts and do those things for him because, you know, he's just done it to me. I just thought he'd really like spoiling me. So I was like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Not that something he likes to receive too. Cause he's never said anything about it. So yeah. And, and, see, and I think he even knew how to articulate, how to articulate it. And yeah. see, that's something that was surprising to me. Cause it's number two on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, like like by one point, like the first thing is nine and this one's eight, mm-hmm. which surprised the hell out of me. But then doing a little soul searching over, t- you know, over time of being married or whatever. OK, well, first off, you get older, you start getting less gifts, you know, for your mm-hmm. birthdays and stuff like that. You know, that it just happens. Yeah. But we we my birthday always, you know, came around is on in September and that's about the time going back to school and we have to buy clothes for kids and we have to buy this. And we have to buy that. And. You know, there were years where it was like, well, there's not a lot of money, so I'll just put off, you know, getting, you know, something or whatever, whatever. And internally, it hurt a lot more than I was like, I'm just being selfish, you know, just stupid, stop being, you know, selfish. And then doing this and doing a little soul, soul searching, I'm like, no, that was, I was really kind of hurting myself and didn't really, didn't really realize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going but what what you said, Jen, uh, you brought up, and he brings this up in the book, is um not know like not even knowing what that what that type of love language is and i think one of the examples he gave was uh a guy going off to prison said you know or or in prison said he had read the book and he he's like i didn't realize that my mom really loved me because she never she never hugged us or or you know told us you know she loved us or whatever but she like worked three jobs and made sure there was always food and clothing and stuff. And he's like, I didn't realize, you know, that hers was obviously acts of service. And he's like, I didn't, I never realized that. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's, that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah. yeah, especially if you grew up, I mean, if you grew up in a pretty average house and came out pretty okay, you probably have a sprinkling of all five of these in there, but I can definitely see if you were in a household where maybe things weren't, you know, great. Mm-hmm. Um, one or two of these may have never, never appeared on your radar so and he gives pretty good examples if you're not familiar with one of mm-hmm. you know what you can do and he tells you it doesn't have to be a grand gesture like if you're if you can't afford to buy people gifts you can you know pick wildflowers on the side of the road you can make something or you know do something thoughtful for someone that's still going to mean something I mean, words of affirmation obviously cost nothing and giving someone a hug. But like if it's other things, you know, you can get creative with how you show your love. So, yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, let's see here. Uh, we'll just hit quality time. Um, this was actually third on my list um, and actually pretty close to the other two. Um, like for me and, and, and I, I guess like just being in the room is is nice like even if we're even if i'm doing something on my on my laptop or my phone and she's watching something on the couch or doing something just being in the room is great sometimes sometimes that's sometimes that's all i need uh there are other times like granted when we were going through this um what are they calling it snowvid or snowpocalypse or whatever however you want to put it snowvid yeah Uh, yeah um (laughs) We recently we recently subscribed to um, the Discovery Plus um, service, and like there's a lot of home improvement shows on there. And so 
uh, we spent a couple of days like just both laying on the couch and just watching Property Brothers or whatever and, you know, talking about, oh, I like that, what they're doing with this and, and this, that and the other. And it was nice. It was nice just being around each other. So which is killing some people right now because of covid because it's like i just i just need to be in your vicinity i know i can talk to you through face chat or whatever as much as i want but i need you like like even if you're on the other side of a pane of glass (laughs) so um what about you jen where does where does quality time so this is my number one and really yes and I, when I, when I heard this concept and I realized like that this was a thing, I was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense because I get so hurt if friends don't reach out to me, if they don't schedule things, make plans, my family, you know, like anybody, if I'm dating someone, if they don't try to, you know, schedule dates or just talk to me, even if it's just like texting or phone calls or whatever, like. I take it as like a personal affront, you know, and I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why don't, you know, they want to be my friend. Why don't they, you know, we're not as good of friends as I thought, like for my whole life, this is how I thought. And then when I read this book, I was like, oh my God, this is like my, my top love language because I always feel closer to the people that do take the time for me and that take me up on offers to do things. And that I, you know, I don't always have to be the one to initiate that. That's a big thing for me is like, I don't want to always have to plan it, you know? Right. And and that's like why with our group of friends, it's nice because I think everybody kind of reaches out and, you know, says, hey, you guys want to do this? And when we have game nights and whatever, it's, you know, it means a lot to me because that's how I feel like I connect with people. Um, but yeah, that's always been my number one. That's so. awesome. And that, <laughs> that totally fits the a piece of puzzle for you. Like totally <laughs> makes sense. So uh, Chris, what about you? Uh, So this was tied with the words of affirmation. So it was in my top three. um, And it was raised number one. Um, Also, my kids, number one, too, uh, as well. Um, So and by a big margin for both the kids. Uh, But it's different for each one of them. So for Logan, it's she wants to sit down and talk with you. She wants to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. She wants to chit chat. Um, Whatever. It doesn't have to be anything big. Just how's your day and go from there. Because we've stayed up, her and I have stayed up until like midnight just talking, her and I, about everything and nothing. And then with Quinn, it's he wants you to play games with him. He wants you to sit down and go into his world. Do an activity. Um, yeah, do an activity that he likes to do. Um, and they all love playing board games. They love the, – the kids are constantly trying to play in uh, family game nights because they just love doing that with Ray um, for him. It's like what you said, Eugene, even if it's just sitting on the couch and we're just chilling out. He just loves that. That's his, that's an, that's all he wants is just to sit on the couch, watch a good movie, watch a good show, cuddle maybe, but yeah, just being in each other's presence for him is enough quality time. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's kind of all three of them. It's, but it's not like I need it. It's nice. You know, I like doing it, but it's not how I, how, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, it's not as, it's important, but not as important as what it is to the three of them. But I like spending time with, with, with them. So that is nothing when I, that's good. Yeah, it's like good. Your family. I mean, I haven't, they haven't annoyed me yet, but um, when it comes to friends and stuff, so friendship's tricky with me because I don't quite understand it. And especially as an adult, it's baffling um, for me. And 
so trying to spend quality time with my friends, I'm always worried that I'm annoying people. I'm always worried that I'm like being a burden. <laughs> so most of the time I'll just, I, I therapy, um, I'll just back off because I don't think I'm going to be missed. So quality time with people outside of my little bubble is really hard for me to know that that's something that they need. Um, because I just don't, I'll just assume that they'll, oh, well, if they want to spend time with me, they'll just let me know because I don't need to spend time with them. It's not that I don't want to. It's just, it's not a need that I have to meet or anything like, like a text every six months is totally fine with me. Like, hey, <laughs> oh, wait, how are you? And then we'll have like a little conversation. And that's enough. I'm fine for a while. Um, so yeah, so it's not that I'm not thinking about them. It's just like, oh, okay. And then I go on my merry way. So quality time outside of the three people who live here is a bit harder for me to express and for me to put out there with that quality time. I'm not, cause I don't create, I don't need it from them. Right. Like this is great. And I love this. This is awesome. But yeah, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not like, Oh my God, I miss him so much. I mean, I would see you, but it's not one of those things that like affects me. I think the same way it affects my daughter or Ray or Quinn. like it's different. It hits me different. But I have to respect that they need that. I get what you mean about um, feeling like you're a burden or or whatever, because even though it's my love language, I still feel like, well, I don't want to be seem needy. Yeah. You know, if if they don't want to hang out with me, then I don't want to be overzealous or whatever. So sometimes I just stop or I, you know, I'll taper off if if I feel like it's not reciprocated. But some, but it may just be that that's not their love language and they, you know, yeah. have other ways of feeling like they're friends or whatever. But, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. I just realized how little, not how little quality time I need from other people. It's just how I don't think they need it for me specifically like for me they -hmm. need my quality time yeah that's where I struggle with I have a little bit of a blockage in that department that I'm working on um yeah but it is yeah but it's very high for the other three people who live here (laughs) I just realized I really need to get the boys to do this because Mm -hmm. I'm almost scared that this is going to be at least for one of them they're they're number one and me not always having to struggle to try to find time to do stuff with them is uh not filling their love tank and i'm just like all right i need to know this i need to find this out because if that's the case then i need to just shut some shit down and just be like all right let, let's let's play a game for a little bit more yeah. and do that more often so it's very interesting to find out your children's love language because i mean as much as you see them as you know they have parts of your personality they have parts of you know your partner's personality they are such their own unique individuals and so when both of them took that i was not shocked but it was just like oh well, it's, I just felt like I got to know them a little bit better and then being able to relate to them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I have to make it a point of making sure that their quality tank, their quality time is what they value as quality time. So Logan, it's the talking Quinn, it's the playing games, Ray, It's just, he's a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Because it's just, yeah, like Eugene, like you, Eugene, it's just sitting and hanging out. That's just, that's good enough for him, too. 
he thinks yep. that that's pretty awesome. So, and I can do that all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last two we have, we haven't done, uh, acts of service yet. Have we, I know we've mentioned yeah. it, but have we actually done it? Okay. Uh, acts of service actually, like I said, I, of the list here is mine is nine, eight, seven, six, one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's number four on my list. Um, I mean, I do appreciate when people do things for me. Um, I think it's partially thinking about it more. I need to have a conversation with Christy. I think it's probably pretty high on her. I think it's actually her number one love language and it may be how she really expresses herself because a lot of times she will complain. She doesn't feel appreciated. And I don't think it's from a lack of me verbalizing that I appreciate what it is. I think maybe she feels like she's doing these acts and not, not maybe getting what, what she needs back. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like I, you know, I do appreciate when someone does something, you know, for me or whatever specific, especially if it's something they've gone out of their way for, you know? Um, so yeah. And actually I've, <laughs> I have an interesting situation right now. So before all of this happened, uh, I had a woman order one of the matrixes that I, sell and she got it and it was broken and uh i had insurance on it you know going through postal service like i always do but i was like okay i've done this before i've had this happen before i know how to handle this i'm like i'm just gonna ship you another one because it was for her husband's birthday so uh i got it out got it to her in time whatever um and then i you know went ahead and put in saying hey you know i need to get this covered blah 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 uh well because of all the snow and stuff uh, the letter got stuck in the mail, and I finally got a letter the other day saying, hey, you know, uh, apparently something's changed in the last year since I've done this. And now they're like, well, if you're not the person who received it, you need to have the person who received it take the damaged item, the shipping material, and the box to a post office along with a copy of this letter so we can verify it. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? It's an order. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have it. This was a This was a sale. So I contacted her and we've gone back and forth and she's actually like, you know, I was like, is there any way? I'm like, I don't even know if you still have the stuff. Is there any way you can take it to the post office? And she goes, I can really try, but I'm on chemotherapy and uh-huh. I can't really go out and about. And of course, my husband has to kind of quarantine as well. Mm-hmm. So we actually worked it out today. She's shipping it back to me. Uh, and I'm like, I'm so sorry you're having to do all this. This is, this is ridiculous. Uh, but I'm like, Ship it to me. I will get this sorted out so you don't have to deal with it anymore. Because, I mean, it's she's a customer, and she yeah. shouldn't have to jump through all these hoops and everything. So um, so even people that I don't know, I feel the need to to try to, you know, service it up. So uh, but uh, so what about what about you, Chris? Oh, it's my number one. Number one, huh? Which I was surprised at. I thought it was going to be words of affirmation. Um but yeah, so I, but then when I actually think about it, it makes total sense. Um, yeah, so acts of service is number one for me. Um, I, it's more, I think I like it, or I think I speak it and feel it the best is because I have a hard time trusting words and I have a hard time trusting actions, but acts of, but the pattern of repeatedly showing that you're going to be there and, and, that speak that means the most to me so um and i really enjoy it when i don't have to ask for it to be done that's really great like if like if i'm 
Uh, so this, oh my gosh, this winter season has just been hell on my sinuses. So I've been having a lot of shitty sinus headaches. So when that happens, I get nauseous. I, I'm out for the count. I take a neocystrin. I'll see you in 10 hours. And it, what's wonderful is I'll wake up and like the dishes will be done or the dishwasher's been unloaded or something's just been tidied up. And it's, it's nice because then I know that um, like he took the time to be like, I know this is something she normally does, but she's not feeling well. So I'm just going to do it or make dinner or whatever, like anything that takes the load off of me. Not that I have a lot of stress in my life, but still anything that sort of shows him, shows me that he sees what I'm doing and appreciates it and knows that if there's something he can contribute, then he'll, he can do it too. Um, and yeah. I like doing and well, I, in every language. Pardon? Ray is fluent in every love language. He <laughs> is more than others. <laughs> this one's hard for him because this one's last for him. Uh-huh. So it's taken a long time um, and some, not some fights, but some, dis- not disagreements, but just some me being annoyed of like, dude, like, do you not, am I the only one that sees all of this? You don't see any of this? This is just me. So I'm crazy. And you're fine. <laughs> so it's taken a long time for him to understand. And then when he found out that it acts of service is my number one, it, I think it clicked better. Like it made more sense for him. Like, Oh, that's why. Oh, that explains a lot of our marriage. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I do, I enjoy, I, I like it when things in our neighbors are fantastic. Like sometimes I've woken up or I've heard other people's snowblowers going on and people are blowing at our driveway. And it's just nice that they've gone and done that. We've done that for them, too. Um, but it's just nice to have that reciprocated because it's one less thing that I have to do or that Ray has to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, with the kids, how I feel like they show it to me is they, you know, they do the things that we've asked them to do. Not that we ask them to do a lot, but, you know, they keep their rooms tidy. They make their beds. They do their laundry. And, you know, they take care of the pets and things like that. And then when I am having a bad day, say I'm having they're very aware of. Um, when I'm when my anxiety's creeped up or my depression's setting in or whatever and I'm having a bad day, they're they're so good at being like, All right, mom, we've got this, you take your time, we'll do everything else. And they just sort of shift into that mode and it's awesome. But I don't think acts of service is very high on theirs either. Mm-hmm. So they're we're all learning. I didn't realize it was so high on mine. But yeah, it's funny that mine that's my number one and it's the last for Ray. <laughs> That is funny. Uh, Jen, what about you? Um, it's my number two. And and this is the one that's closely tied for me with gifts, you know, giving gifts, receiving gifts. Um, I just, like, if somebody does something for me unexpectedly, mm-hmm. it just means so much. Because it shows they were thinking about me when I yes. wasn't there or something. They saw something and they said, oh, you know, Jennifer might, you know, appreciate this if I did this for her. Like, my neighbor came and checked on me when we were all you know, snowed in and stuff. And I just thought that was really sweet. So um, I try to do that too. I think maybe I'm not as good at doing it as I am at having, you know, receiving it. But, um, but I think, you know, I'm pretty thoughtful and I try to express it the same way. So, but yeah, definitely, you know, acts of service. It's kind of like you're spending time on me, which is, you know, my number one. Mm -hmm. So quality time. So I guess that kind of goes hand in hand. Which leaves the last one, which is um, touch. 
And he does specifically go into the fact that uh, that doesn't just mean um, like sexual touch. It just means touch, whether it be a hug or, you know, an arm and a shoulder or holding hands, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll just kind of go first again. That was my number one, uh, which actually kind of surprised me. But then also, again, when I think about it. I mean, I, you know, I give my my boys a hug, you know, every night and I try to hug them when I can. I try to give Christy hugs when I can. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that I notice. I notice for me when I don't have physical touch um, more so that and, and I think I don't know. And Ray and I've had conversations about this, about just how uh, society has, you know, really kind of been like, you know, hey, listen you know, check before you assume, you know, um, but like, you know, I, uh, you know, but like most of my, you know, guy friends are like, are all huggers. Like, you know, and it's, it's funny. I had a conversation with Cyrus this last, I guess this was last weekend, a weekend before last. Um, and he's just like, man, it's killing me because my family and I are all huggers and we're still trying to social distance with each other. He's like, so, you know, we'll go visit each other. And then, at the end of the conversation, it's like, okay, well, bye. He's like, I can't, I, you know, we're not hugging each other. And he's like, it's, it's killing me. It is, it is killing me. And I'm like, I understand, man, that it, it sucks. Like I go visit my grandmother and I have to stop and think because instinctively it's like, no, give grandma, go give grandma a hug. And it's like, do I expose her to this? And so, yeah, it's, um, but yeah, like as much as I like to just sit, you know, in the recliner or whatever and watch TV with Christy. It it is even more so special if I'm like laying because we have a couch that's shaped like an L. She she lays one one way, I lay the other. And it's nice to just be there. So you can just reach up and, you know, touch her if you need to be. So mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was really kind of surprised this was number one on my list. So didn't he say, or maybe I just made this up, that this is higher usually for men than women? Like it tends to be men that are more <clears throat> that this he, is number one than women. He said a, he said a lot of men automatically assume it because they assume mm-hmm. uh, the uh, sexual component of it, and he's like it's he's like it can definitely be that. He said, but you know it's you may find that it's not actually your number one. But yeah, he did he did mention that that at least a lot of men tend to assume that. Uh, but like I said, like a lot of guys I know like they're just huggers, like mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, whenever we were having the the Geeks weekend or whatever, as soon as the as soon as the door opened, if I stay in there, I know I'm getting a hug. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was number one on mine. Um, I'm gonna start with Jen because I already know where it falls on your list. It won't surprise Eugene, but um, physical touch is last on my list. I am not a hugger. <laughs> At my dad's I, funeral, she came up and gave me a hug, and I knew. I knew how much she cared yeah. and how much how much it took of her to do that. <laughs> it, it's not physically painful for me to hug. It's just awkward. Yeah. Like, I didn't grow up hugging everybody. My family didn't really do it. So, so, like, I remember at some point at school, I noticed, like, people just hugged and, you know, were always, like, hanging on each other. And I was just like, that's weird. <laughs> we didn't do that in my house. But... All that to say, like, I don't, I think it's more from people I don't know, you know, right. I don't want you hugging me, hanging on me, you know, giving me high fives or whatever. If I don't know you well, I mean, a high five's not bad, but 
um, prolonged touching. Now, I'm not talking sexual <laughs> if I don't know you. Now, if I if I am attracted to a guy and I'm in a relationship or I like him a lot, yeah, I want to, you know, hold his hand. I want to cuddle. I want to, you know, I don't mind if his arms around me or whatever. It's it's different, I guess. Mm-hmm. And but but yeah, if I don't know you and, and we're not <clears throat> close or whatever, um, I have friends that are huggers and, you know, you know, Fred and he's always given me a hard time about it, how awkward of a hugger I am. But I'm mm-hmm. just like. This does nothing for me. It's just weird. <laughs> so when COVID happened, I was like, this is like the one good thing. <laughs> you don't have to go near people. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, what what about you, Chris? Oh. Um, so for me, it was number four. So it's I and which is funny because I like a good hug. I'd bring it in. It's awesome. But I think it's um it's the prolonged like what Jen said, it's the prolonged hugginess. I'm like, okay, I get it. We've made the point. Let's back away. Right. <laughs> we've done the hug, we've high five, whatever. It's like, okay, and then now we can just have normal space between us. Um and I remember when <laughs> when, when normal Ray, space. Normal space, please. You I know, like that. Enough. Bubble. Yeah, get out yeah. of the bubble. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like I should have one of those hoops that like just got, so people don't come in. Yeah. Um, but I'm very affectionate with the kids. The kids are affectionate. Um, Ray's very affectionate. I thought this was going to be his number one because of how affectionate he is. And he's always been super duper affectionate. His mom's affectionate. His dad is not. His dad will run away. It's a joke now. His dad will run away from Ray if Ray tries to go in for a hug. Like, literally. <laughs> run away and i think it's because um ray's so much bigger than his dad uh-huh. <laughs> like physically bigger um they're the same height but ray is a lot broader and a lot stronger than his dad so his dad i think is like no you're not i don't i don't want to feel how much stronger you are than me um God, men. Like, like a macho thing or whatever um but his mom's super duper affectionate like you can't get away from her without she does the the two kisses on the mm-hmm. cheek like you're not leaving the house until that happens and she does that with everybody. So he grew up with that. And when we first started dating, I remember it was like, it was kind of nice. And then sometimes it was like, okay, mm-hmm. uh, all right, I'm done. Like, <laughs> thank you a lot. And I remember, try- and I hate it. Like, I didn't mind, like, if you come up from behind, but if you would just sort of linger there, it was like, dude. Uh-huh. And he would get hurt sometimes. Like, it would, re- it, it would hurt him because... That is how, you know, because he is such a physical person. But it's it's not the sex part. It's just that's how he he enjoys it. And so COVID has been very hard on him because he is a hugger. And because he's one of those guys, when we were having work done um, on the outside of the house, he's a guy who goes right in for the handshake. He's um, one of those guys. And not being able to shake the guy's hand who's doing our siding really bothered him. And then, you know, going to a buddy's Got an elbow bump. <laughs> yeah, like that wasn't going to do it for Ray. Ray would just rather not at all. <laughs> like, just <laughs> I'm either shaking your hand or we're not doing this. Um, yeah, like not being able to hug his friends when he sees them and um, that kind of thing really, it bugs him a lot because he's such a hugger. And he's known for his hugs. Like if you're, he's going to bring it in, you are getting picked up and then sit down. <laughs> That's a Ray hug. And so for him, it's been COVID's been hard. But yeah, physical touch is one of those things where I'm good. And then, you know, 
We've made a point. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. I, made like, a point. I like holding hands. I love kissing. I love doing all that. We annoy the children with that. Um, all of that stuff. And we're very affectionate with each other. But, you know, some, some days, you know, not so much. <laughs> I want to visit like every country in Europe, but mm-hmm. I think that will be a thing for me because they like mm-hmm. to kiss and, yeah. you know, and Italy. they're affectionate. And I'm like, oh, great. Oh, we're doing uh-huh. this. Maybe not now with COVID, but yeah. <laughs> it's a cultural <laughs> thing for them. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took a little bit getting used to it with his mom coming in for the hug and then the two kisses on the cheek. I was like, okay. Because my mom is is an affectionate person, but it was very hot and cold with her. Um, so you're like one of those, like, am I getting my head bit off or are we hugging? I'm not sure what's happening. That kind of thing growing up. So, um, and my grandparents that I spent a lot of time with were not very outwardly affectionate. They were never affectionate with each other, so I didn't really see it a whole lot. Um, but my other set of grandparents, my dad's parents, were always holding hands Every time my Nana would walk through a door, my granddad's patting her on the butt as she walks out of the door every single time. Always very affectionate that way. Um, but, yeah, I raised very, very affectionate. And it does bother him. Like, it's – I remember one time when we were moving – we just moved in together. And, you know, we were young. We were stressed out, trying to pay bills, get jobs, all that kind of stuff. So my thing was to just sort of go inside my bubble. And after – I think it was – maybe two months he just broke down and it was like you you haven't touched me and I'm like oh my god what have I done because it he and he took it really personally and he thought there was something wrong with him and that I didn't love him anymore or something like that or something had drastically changed and yeah so yeah physical touch is very important to him with everybody yeah if you're not getting a hug from him something's wrong he don't like you he doesn't like you (laughs) Which says something because he likes everybody. <laughs> There's a um a skit on Saturday Night Live that takes this way too far. Have you guys seen it? Where oh, with the family and they French kissing and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then like they'll bring someone over that they're yeah. dating, and they're like, "What the hell?" And, and yeah. like Paul Rudd and somebody I else know. make out, and it's yeah. just disgusting, but it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Want yeah. a good laugh. <laughs> Um, well, closing thoughts on the book. Does anyone have anything else they want to add? Um, I Like you said, Eugene, I think it's important for anybody, even if you just want to get to know yourself better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. World, it's a good, it's always a good thing to, um, to take things like this, to take little silly quizzes. Like, like, even if you think it's silly, it's still, you know, important to just have a better insight to yourself and how you navigate the world and then especially if you are in a relationship or want to or whatever to know how other people view and see love and how they navigate the world because then it's just going to be better for both of you i would almost like thank god i don't i'm not in the dating scene but i would almost I'm so sorry. I would almost to the point would just be <laughs> like, hi, my name's Eugene. Uh, this yeah. I am uh, touch and then this and then this. And yeah. I'm just going to lay it out there and be like, OK, so no, now like, you know. I got to go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's Maybe fine. Maybe on a date and people run for the hills. <laughs> yeah. No, no games. I'm just letting you know. Here I am. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would. I'm just going to throw out. I honestly like. <laughs> I wonder if Lainey and Joseph have taken this because I'm like, 
if they haven't, they should because I think at this point I think everyone should because it's it makes like Jen said it makes sense and it it definitely it's not one of those things that's like oh well now I know exactly who you no it's not one of those things it just helps you communicate with people and like I said I'm really surprised there's not a business version of this for you to because how helpful would it be to know oh these people all i have to do is say y'all are doing a great job thank you for thank you for coming to work and doing a great job and that would set them on cloud nine the rest of the day and there's other people like i said you you buy them a coke all of a sudden they're like wow no hey my boss actually appreciates what i'm doing and because you know some some of them you know they genuinely want to you know try to uh, you know, show that they appreciate their employees, but not knowing the right way to do it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it may fall flat, you know, they're, cause like they give gifts or whatever, you know, they try purposely, you know, give us gifts of, you know, various things or whatever every year. And, uh, you know, I'm, I guarantee you there are people who are just like, Oh yeah, cool. Whatever. Thanks. So, and it's like, kind of like, I mean, you know, there's limits as to how many people there are and how much there is in the budget and this, that, and the other. It's like, they had, they had to really kind of think about this. That was actually a, not a bad gift and you just kind of mm-hmm. chucked it. So, yeah. but what about you, Jen? Anything else? Yeah, I would recommend the book, like you said, to anybody, whether you're in a relationship or not. I mean, when I read it, um, I was single as I always am, but, I went into it, you know, thinking, oh, great, another relationship book. It's just going to, you know, talk about people in love and how they work it out. Um, but, and it did to a certain extent, but um, I still got a lot out of it because um, you do learn about yourself. You learn about your relationships with family and friends and coworkers. And it was just eye-opening for me to know that, oh, this is why I feel this way. It's not, a, it's not a bad thing when I start feeling guilty about, you know, my reactions to people or second guessing, I guess, my own, you know, um, feelings, um, because that's just normal. Like other people feel that way. And I'm not the only one that, you know, doesn't like hugs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's um, definitely a must read just in general. It helps. It, it is a little dated. Some of the examples he gives and the words that he uses are a little, you know, dated but um but yeah i think it's a good you know foundational book for being emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. yes yep. good point yeah. um all right well let's wrap that portion of the show up let's go ahead and move on to well let me go ahead and uh, announce our next book that we're reading uh for next month is um how to avoid a climate disaster by bill gates uh so we're going from looking inward to looking outward hopefully um, I'm sure this will tie right into one of our other shows on the network. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, kind of killing two birds with one stone for Jen here and, and, and Chris actually. Yeah. Um, maybe we can get Bill Gates on the show. Oh my God. Yeah. That, he might be a little high profile, but, uh, <laughs> so, um, but no, I think it's, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to hearing what, a man who was was demonized like my entire twenties as being just this you know just hoarding money. It's Microsoft; they're an evil company. Blah blah blah. To yeah, I got married and I tried to wipe out malaria, and now I'm trying to save the fucking world. And it's just like okay, cool, all right. I want to hear what you have to say about this because it's probably I guarantee you there's going to be probably some kind of technology aspect to it, which. 
he probably knows his stuff on that one. So, uh, but yeah, that's our that is our next book for technically it's our March book. So, mm-hmm. um, what else have y'all been reading? Uh, Ray, I mean Ray, I look, I see Ray's <laughs> name there underneath the picture. Uh, Chris, have you been reading anything else? Yeah, so I'm reading two books right now. I'm reading um, uh, One Wild and Precious Life by Sarah Wilson. Uh, and that's an interesting one. Um, it's also about the climate crisis and the human collective and what we can do to help ourselves and help humanity. And fuck ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're interviewing her next yeah. week. Oh, uh, wow. And then uh, also I am in the last part of uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, the return of the King. I'm at the part. I just passed the part where Smeagol fell into Mount doom. (sighs) Okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh yeah. Spoiler alert. The move, the book's been out for like 60 years. (laughs) Yeah. If you haven't seen the movie. Um, But I really, really, I did not like when I tried reading this when I was 16, it was like, I do not have the attention span for this. So I actually had to like grow into reading a book like this and actually, have have read long books like the Bobaverse and a couple of other high fantasy books where I actually have to like sit down and get really invested. Um, and I'm glad I'm not listening to it. I do not think I could listen to a book like this on audio because the language, especially the men um, of Condor and Rohan, if I tried listening to that, oh, I'd fall asleep. Yeah, oh. I may try it, but we'll see. Yeah. But it's very, I really, really like it. And I'm, I'm starting to get into, um, the whole, lo- uh, the whole, um, mythology behind it. Like I want to read the Similiarian. I have the Hobbit upstairs. I want to read his unpublished works. Like I want to, I'm starting to turn into a bit of a nerd about it, but cause there's so much. Yes. Really cool. Do you skip the, uh, pages of like poetry and songs? The poetry I did. Yeah. That's all the, <laughs> All the Tolkien lore people on the internet who make condensed videos about it, I'll watch those. But there I, you go. I'm not a big poetry person to begin yeah, with. So, yeah, it's I a little bit, a sh- yeah, it's a little bit lost on me. But it's, it's very, very interesting. And I'm surprised how, like, I like his stuff. I like um, Tolkien's stuff better than um, like I know Game of Thrones is based on. Like, it's inspired by. Mm-hmm. But Tolkien's not a graphic person. Like he just like he's more interested in creating a visual of the landscape and what things look like and smell like and feel like and instead of being bludgeoned and eyes being poked out and stuff like that. <laughs> like you just an epic rap battle between the two of them. Have you seen it? I was just about to say, if you have not seen that, you need to watch it because it, it okay. covers a lot of the stuff you're talking about. Like yeah. one of okay. one of the literal yeah. things that he talks about, he's talking about I don't need every fucking tree branch described. <laughs> How long Aaron is yeah. And what's funny is, is at one point he fires back with something like, um, uh, you know, it's realistic for people yeah, to I randomly know. get killed. But uh, guess what? It's called fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tolkien and I have an entire shelf on my bookshelf of his books or books about him or mm-hmm. about the world. Um, I think we need to read a book by him for this. Maybe not. Absolutely. I'm surprised we haven't. Yeah, maybe we could read the Silmarillion since, you know, I've never read it and I have it. I've never read it, but I've heard it's like, it's a textbook is what I've heard. It's a textbook. Yeah, because it's it's literally like the the mythology of of what he's created. 
um, Logan makes fun of me. She wants to get me a T-shirt that says whore for lore. So. That's nice. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we read The Hobbit. That's one. Yeah, I haven't read The Hobbit yet, and I would like to. Because I did not like the movies. They were boring. I couldn't actually watch the first one. I actually shut it off. Because that's. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys see the meme about um, in Black Panther, they had the guy that played The Hobbit and the the bad guy, uh, yeah. one of the bad guys, and they were like the Tolkien white guy? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Because they were both in yes. Hobbit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I remember seeing that. That was awesome. Yeah, Lee Pace, because Lee Pace was, um, wasn't he, he was the Cree guy. Anyway. He was, one of them was Smeagol, right? Yeah. yeah oh, um, oh, that guy, yes. Oh, yeah, and then about the main guy, I can't think of his Andy name. Circus. Andy yeah, Circus. Andy Circus, yeah. Martin Freeman. Totally forgot about Andy Serkis. Yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> I love that movie. It's, it's good. <laughs> what about you, Jen? Are you reading anything else? Um, just the same book as Chris, This One Wild and Precious Life by Sarah Wilson. We are, as she said, interviewing her uh, for next month's Sustainably Geeky. So um, they reached out to us, and it's, it's a good book. Um, it is kind of all over the place you know like she said there's some climate stuff there's uh talk about capitalism and um connecting with nature and just self-awareness but um it's been a good book i mean i'm physically reading it and usually i have trouble physically reading nonfiction books like this but mm -hmm. i've you know been it, it held me enough to do that so i would su suggest it she's the author of i quit sugar and um first we tame the beast i think is what mm -hmm. it's called so she's got a few other books and, and a lot of cookbooks out. So she's a pretty well-known author. Okay, cool. Very interesting. Um, I have been reading. Make sure I get this right. <laughs> uh, I'm almost done with the second one. I have been reading Red Rising and Golden Sun, two of the three. And I guess it's originally a trilogy, and then he went on to do other things. Uh, by a series, um, the Red Rising series by... Um, Pierce Brown. This is the series that on, I want to say it was Epically Geeky, the last episode we did, um, that Sean has has mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm looking for something to read. I'll give this a shot. Uh, you haven't led me wrong so far. <laughs> I, I don't want to say he's led me wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. I keep finding i'm not interested like it's very it is if it's a future war set in the solar system and but they they borrow heavily from like greek mythology and stuff and i just find myself not interested but i keep i'm like but i want to know what happens next like you know what i'm talking about like yeah i will probably but you are <laughs> yes i i I've already, and I've already got the third book in in my um, you know in my queue, and I'm like, you know what? I'm probably gonna finish this. I'm gonna go ahead and read the third one, and I'm probably gonna turn it back in because I don't foresee ever rereading it. Like, and it, that's that's no that's you know I, I kind of propose it as a shot towards Sean, and it's not. I mean, uh, yes, you know, we're is. all not gonna like the same. <laughs> we're all not gonna like the same thing. But um, yeah, I, I I'm. I can see where he enjoyed it, but I'm just, it's just not hitting me. So, and it is what it is. So, um, Chris, are you still there? Cause you're frozen. 
I don't think she's there anymore. I think maybe she's gone or something's happened. <laughs> um, so we'll just continue on. Uh, mm-hmm. at, yeah, at least at least it didn't freeze on like a really weird face or anything. So, um, well, with that said, I guess. Uh, oh yeah, she completely dropped out. Um, so I guess let's just get. Maybe she'll drop back in here. But anyway, so if you would please uh, give us a five star rating on iTunes. Uh, Google Play, wherever it is you listen to the show. Honestly, iTunes definitely helps out the best. Uh, if you want to write a review, that'd be great as well. You can always find us. Uh, yes, you just wrote us and said I lost internet. Not sure what happened, so uh, we'll just wrap it up regardless. Um, oh, hey, there she's back. <laughs> I don't know what just happened, and I missed like five minutes of that conversation. I'm sorry. My it's internet all good. Stopped. I basically was just saying I was reading the last book series that that Sean had mentioned, and it's not really hitting me. So, Uh, yeah, Um, it is what it is. But anyway, um, you can find us at epicallygeeky.com, and of course you can find us. You can also find us on YouTube there, but you can find us on all the different social media at Epically Geeky. And then you can check out the other shows, of course. We have uh, the Epically Geeky Show, the Marginally Geeky Show, Sustainably Geeky, and uh, Creatively Geeky. So, yeah. before you drop off again, possibly, Chris, where can we find you online? <laughs> uh, you can find me here on Epically, on Creatively, and Sustainably Geeky, and on Instagram at Rose and Hummingbird. Uh, Jen, what about you? Um, here on uh, Sustainably Geeky, which Chris and I are both on, and sometimes on Epically Geeky. I haven't been on in a while. Um, <laughs> and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Het's Gonna Be Me. And as always, you can find my individual wacky adventure online at Optimachine on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 